today. Turn to somebody and say, man, you look good today. Look good today. Dressed up nice, took your weekly shower, combed your hair. Turn to somebody else and say, but I look better than you. (laughs) Come on, give God a big hand clap of praise for being here today, guys. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. We are kicking off a brand new series today called Niche. And it's all about finding your purpose. You know, one of the most popular questions that is asked over and over and over again by people is, what am I here for? What am I made for? What is my purpose here? And so over the next several weeks, we're going to take some time to walk through that and talk about that and see what that looks like for you. And you're seeing people all over the church today, and they've got these stickers on called, I found it. And so we're going to be talking about that and what that means and, and, and how you can get one as well, get your own sticker. But anyway, before we get into all of that, let me just give a big uh, announcement, kind of a, 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 an affirmation, if you would. On December the 8th, all of our kids are going to be up here leading us into worship on that Sunday. So, man, that is a Sunday you do not want to miss, December the 8th. Make sure if you've got a child in kids' church in the nursery, you get one of those flyers and uh, be involved in that. And so we want to get you involved in that and get our kids up here and love on them and celebrate them for what they're doing. And uh, so just keep that in mind. Keep that in the back of your mind if you would. Uh, Before we jump into this, I ran across a story the other day I thought really kind of fit with the series that we're in. It's a story that's called Animal School. Animal School kind of goes like this. Once upon a time, there were some animals who decided to start a school for animals. They decided that the courses would include running, climbing, swimming, and flying. Then they decided that all of the animals should develop all of the skills of running, climbing, swimming, and flying. And that's really where the problem started. For instance, the duck was better at swimming than anybody else. But he only made passing grades in swimming and flying, but he was very poor at running. So they made him drop swimming and drop flying, and they started making him to practice his running. Unfortunately, that's when his wet feet got badly worn and his grade dropped to a below average in swimming and a below average in flying. But everybody else felt left threatened and comfortable by it, so they kept on going except the duck. The rabbit, he started at the top of his class in running because he was born to do that. He was made to do that. But because he he was made to spend so much time in swimming, he caught pneumonia and had to drop out of school altogether. The rabbit started at the top of his class in running, but because of so much makeup work in swimming, he caught pneumonia again and had to drop out of school. The squirrel showed outstanding ability in climbing. But he was extremely frustrating in flying class. So the teacher insisted that he start from the ground up rather than the treetop down. So therefore, the squirrel got a C in climbing and a D in running. The eagle was the problem student for everybody. He did not want to conform to anything. So for instance, in climbing class, he beat all the other animals to the top of the tree. But he insisted on doing it his own way. Finally, they just expelled my brother because he didn't want to do anything with swimming at all. 
The moral of the story is quite clear. A duck was made to be a duck. A rabbit was made to be a rabbit. A squirrel was made to be a squirrel. An eagle was made to be an eagle. And they were not made to be something else. Turn to somebody and say, you were made to be you. You were made to be you. Have you ever discovered that there's certain people that you can watch And when you watch them, you just know that they're doing what they're made to do. Have you ever discovered that? You know, for me, uh, and I know she doesn't sing anymore, but I liked Adele. Come on, anybody remember Adele, that booming voice? When I look at Adele, I'm sitting there thinking that lady is doing what she was made to do because when I open my mouth, stuff don't come out like that. And then I thought about Bishop T.D. Jakes. Come on, somebody. Wearing that pinstripe three-piece suit. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on, how do you know Bishop? And I thought to myself, man, he is doing exactly what he was made to do. If there was a suit I could buy to help me preach like that, come on, holla. I thought about Tom Brady. Now, whether you like him or not, that's irrelevant. But when you look at Tom Brady, you understand Tom Brady wasn't made to be a soccer player. Tom Brady was made to be a football player. He's doing what he was made to do. I thought about LeBron James. Come on, any LB fans in the house? LeBron James. I thought about him, and he wasn't meant to play by, be in ballet. He wasn't meant to play tennis. He was meant to play basketball. The point is, there's certain people you can look at in your life, and immediately you just know that they're doing exactly what they're made to do. Have you ever been on YouTube and seen some of those YouTube fail videos? You know, you got that guy, he's going to jump off the top of the house, hit the trampoline and hit the pool. And he, he rolls off the house, hits the trampoline and hits the side of the pool. You know, there's some people you look at and you just know that they're doing something they're not meant to do. Here's the thing that I want you to get today. We all have something we're made to be. We all have a purpose. I've got something. You've got something. And here's the thing that's so amazing. God has never made a copy of anything. Let me say that again. God has never made a copy of anything. There's no two plants alike. There's no two clouds alike. There's no two snowflakes alike. As a matter of fact, one cubic foot of snow holds 18 million snowflakes. Every one of those snowflakes are unique. They are different. They're not alike. So there's no two snowflakes alike. Here's something you need to understand. There's no two people alike. There's no two people of life. God has a purpose for your life. He has a divine design for you. You are created absolutely unique. Look at your hands for a moment. Look at your hands. Look at the fingers on the end of your hands. Do you realize that nobody in the world has your fingerprint? Nobody has your handprint. Nobody has your footprint. Nobody has your voice print. You are completely unique. You have a unique DNA. It is your own genetic code so that nobody out of the 7 billion people on the planet and the billions of people who have gone on before you, there is not another person just like you. Turn to somebody and say amen. The designer of the universe put you together. You are custom built. You came into this world, listen to me, with no receipt, no refunds, no exchanges, and no returns. 
Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Before you came into the world, before you breathed your first breath, God formed you in secret and put you together. The psalmist says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Some of you move on to fearfully side, but you're fearfully and wonderfully made. God has put you here for a purpose, for a reason. Hear me today. You are not an accident. I want to say that again. I want that to get into your spirits today. You are not an accident. Now, you may not have been planned by your parents, but you were planned by God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says we are God's masterpiece. Turn to somebody and say you're a masterpiece. We're God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why? So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Hear me today. If you're taking notes, write this down. You were made by God for God and it is only in God that you will discover your purpose. You were made by God, for God, and it is only in God that you discover your purpose. And I believe that through this series that we're going to step into something significant. Because so many people today, they're just wandering around aimlessly, just trying to get through today. I'm just trying to pay my bills. I'm just trying to take care of my kids. And if I could just get through this rough time, just struggling to survive, hear me today. If all you think your life is supposed to be is to graduate college, get a job, make money, retire and die, then honey, you have missed the whole purpose of you being in this world today. You were made by God for God, and it is only in God that you discover what your purpose is. So if you want to know where your purpose is, if you want to know what you were made for, it all starts with God. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11, it says, it is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before you ever heard of Christ, long before you ever got your hopes up, he had his eyes on us. He had designs on us for glorious living as part of the overall purpose that he is working out everything for everyone. And so what we're going to be doing in this series is we're going to get a handle on exactly what we're made for. We're going to be talking about kind of five elements that make us who we are. We're going to have a great time doing this. We're going to be laughing. We're going to have some fun, especially next week. But we're going to be talking about this word that a lot of people don't really understand. It's a word called niche. And if you're in Johnston County, we call it niche. Doesn't really matter, but we're going to be talking about that word. And that word is made up of five things. Natural abilities, individuality, in other words, your personality, charisma gifts, heart, and experiences. And so week by week, we're going to be talking about all five of these things. And you may be asking yourself, well, what's really the big deal here? What's the bit? What do I need to know exactly what my niche is? Why do I care about natural abilities? Why do I care about individuality and charisma gifts and heart and experience? Why do I care about that? Really because of one big point, and that is simply this. It reveals God's glory in a hopeless world. It reveals God's glory in a hopeless world. One of the fathers of early Christianity, a guy by the name of Arrhenius, he said this, the glory of God is best seen in a human being fully alive. The glory of God is best seen in a human being fully alive. Here's how God said it 
in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 7, bring to me all the people who are mine, whom I made for my glory, whom I formed and made. The bottom line is God made us so that we could show his glory to the world. We sang about that this morning in our song. He made us to show his glory to the world. Now, glory is a word we don't use a lot, but glory just simply means his magnificence. That's what it means, his magnificence. Now, we know that God gets blamed for a whole lot of stuff that he didn't do, but all God wants as the end, at the end of the day is to show his magnificence to the world so that people could be drawn to him. And listen to me, regardless of who you are, regardless of where you've been, regardless of what you've done, I'll throw a long one on, me, on you, regardless of what you're doing, you are all a recipient of God's love. You're all a recipient of God's love to see his glory, to receive his glory, and to reflect his glory. The fact is, everything that God made, he gave to us, and it could be used for his glory, or it can be misused and abused. I thought about finances. When we use it to honor God, we use it in the way that God intended. It meets needs. It brings fun into our lives. It helps other people. But when we misuse it and abuse it, it brings conflict. It brings divorce. It brings war. Everything that God made and gave to us can be used for his glory or it can be misused and abused in a way that brings destruction. And so as individuals, as followers of Christ, we've got to decide, are we going to make the world better or worse? Here's what we're called to do, because each and every one of us, we have a calling on our lives. There's a purpose for our lives. And here's what we're called to do. Philippians chapter two, verse 15 and 16 it's a, this is out of the message. It says, go into the world uncorrupted. I love this phrase here, a breath of fresh air. Go into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air. Do you realize that that's what God has equipped you and made you to be? A breath of fresh air. Well, Pastor, I don't understand, man. I'm the only one on my job saved. Nobody else but me. I'm just going through this. I don't know why God put me here. Could it be that God put you there to be the change agent in that environment, to be a breath of fresh air to the people around you? We're called to be salt. We're called to be a light. God said, I ought to be able to drop you in any kind of darkness and you bring light to that situation because not only are you a breath of fresh air, but you have a light inside of you that God has produced. So it says, go into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry, here it is, the light-giving message into the night, so I'll have good cause to be proud of you on the day that Christ returns. In other words, if Jesus is at the center of your heart, then you and I are role models of hope in a hopeless world. That's what we're called to be. Each and every one of us has a gift. We have a talent. We've got something God's called us to be. We see that in 1 Corinthians Chapter 12, starting at verse 18, our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. And I can never say to the hand, I don't need you. A head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. 
In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Every part of the body is vital. Turn to somebody and say, you are important. Every part of the body is vital, And it's important for you to be a reflection of God's glory in a hopeless world. But something amazing happens when you get a group of people together and they're figuring out what they're made for. And then what happens is we all become a beacon of hope to the hopeless world. But you've got to find out what God has created you to do. So in the time we got left, I want to get into this niche profile. And I want to talk to you today about natural abilities. Because everybody has a natural ability. You know, it's proving that each person has anywhere between 500 and 800 things that you are naturally good at. Come on, somebody. But the problem is most people find it easier to tell you what they can't do before they can tell you what they can do. In other words, if I was to say, hey guys, take those note cards out in front of you, and I want you to give me a list of 50 things you can't do right now. You understand that most everybody in here would have no problem doing that. They can write down everything they can't do. But on the flip side, if I was to say, hey, take that note card out and give me a list of 50 things you can do. I mean, you know, I swear it comes extremely difficult to people to do that. And the reason why that is, is because we don't realize what our natural abilities are because they come natural. Have you ever noticed that most of the time you don't realize that you're naturally good at something until you lose it? How many of you realize your pinky toe is important? Y'all are quiet in the house today. Come on. How many of you realize your pinky toe is important? I never realized how important my pinky toe was. And so one day around the house, you know, Missy and I, she got a little mad at me for something. I did something wrong. And so she got mad at me and she starts running after me. I became a man in an instant and I did what men do. I ran from the woman. I'm not taking a beating from nobody. So I took off running through the house. I rounded the corner going to another room and my pinky toe hit the door jam and my pinky toe is supposed to be like this. It wound up like that. Man, Aiden looked at me and said, Daddy, you hit the ground like a wrecking ball, baby. You just fell. I fell out screaming and hollering. So the only thing to do is take a piece of tape and tape that thing up. For the next several weeks, even months, every time I put pressure on my pinky toe, it hurt me. And I did not realize how much I used that pinky toe until I hurt that pinky toe. Oftentimes in life, when it comes to your natural abilities, you don't realize how important it is until you hurt it or until you lose it. Can I say get an amen from everybody? We all have natural abilities. Here's what Hebrews said, Hebrews 13, 20. I pray that the God of peace will give you every good thing you need. Why? So that you can do what he wants you to do. So why are my natural abilities important? Why is it important that I've got natural abilities? And what do I do with my natural abilities? I'm going to give you a few things today. If you're taking notes, write these down on what we do with our natural abilities. Number one, the reason why we have natural abilities is to honor God. That's the first thing first, to honor God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 31, whatever you do, do it all for the glory 
of God. That says to me that some abilities will get more noticed by man, but all abilities will equally get noticed, equally get noticed by God. It also tells me there's no unimportant abilities. Everybody has an ability. Your ability is not greater than mine. My ability is not greater than yours. God has gifted us and given us the natural abilities, whatever they are, to bring honor to God. The problem is most people are using their natural ability to honor the world and not honor God. God gave you a great personality. You have the ability to walk in and light up a room with your smile, with your humor, with your personality. And you're using it for the world and not using it for God. And so God said, I've given you that ability to honor me. Here's the second thing we do with our abilities. We have these abilities to what? To serve other people. To serve others. Micah chapter 6 verse 8. What does the Lord require of you? Do you know that God has requirements for you? Here they are. There's three things. To act justly. To love mercy. And walk humbly with your God. There's three things that God requires of us. Act justly. What is that? There are no big I's and little U's in the kingdom. We say this all the time. I don't care what position you have at the church, what area in the church you're serving in, which incidentally, everybody that's got one of these I found it stickers is someone that's serving in a part of the ministry of this church. They said, you know what? Hey, I found it. I found it. I'm in the parking lot. I found it. Front door. I found it. I'm in hospitality and guest services. I found it. I'm in kids church and nursery. I found it. I'm in media. I found it. I'm in worship. I found it. I'm in outreach. I found it. Man, the list goes on and on and on. But the point is, everybody with these stickers is saying, hey, man, I found it. I found what I'm made for. I found my purpose. And so it doesn't matter what you found. There are no big I's and little U's in the kingdom. Come on, turn to somebody and say, you're just as important as I am. We're all important. So the requirement from God is say, hey, act justly. Here's the second thing. Love mercy. What does that mean? Love people and care for people who are in need. There is no greater satisfaction than to care for somebody who's in need. No greater satisfaction than that. So we're to love mercy. Then he says walk humbly. What does that mean? There's no room for bragging. Just because you're a good communicator. Or just because you're a good teacher. Or just because you've got a great personality. There's no room for bragging. Because God is the one that gave it to you. Well look at what I built with my hands. Who gave you your hands bro? Look at what I designed with my mind. Who gave you your brain? Look at all the people I reach. Who gave you your personality? So it all comes from God. And we're called to what? Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. Matter of fact, if you want to be successful in life, this is not in your notes. I want to give you two rules, kind of Allen's rules, if you will, on how to be successful. Two rules on how to be successful in life. Number one, build on your strengths. Build on your strengths. You know where you're strong at, and you know where you're weak at. Build on your strengths. Buy a book, get podcasts, get education, get whatever you can to build on your strengths. And then the second thing is to team up with others who are good at stuff you're not. That's the best thing you can do. Listen, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. That's why I'm not up here singing. I can't, I can play the drums a little bit. I can peck at them a little bit, but that's why I'm not in the cage. 
I don't know a whole lot about technology. That's why we got a media team. You've got to build on your strengths and find somebody good at something you're not and team up together. That is the best way to be successful in life. When your strengths get maximized, your weaknesses are irrelevant. So the point is, by honoring God with what other abilities you have, by teaming up with other people who have the same spirit but different abilities, you can accomplish more than you ever dreamed. Listen, this is true in your marriage as well. How many of you guys in here are not like your spouse? Come on, don't be scared. Don't be scared. You're not like your spouse. One brother in the back talking about, yes, amen. He got both hands up. How many of you know opposites attract and then they attack? Amen. That's just, that's kind of the way it works in marriage, unfortunately. But God wants you to complement each other's strengths. He wants you to compensate for each other's weaknesses. Notice what I said there. The tragedy of all of this is we don't compensate for weaknesses. We criticize. Well, you don't cook as good as I do. Well, you don't wash clothes like I do. You don't vacuum like I do. What are you doing? You're criticizing, but God puts you together so that you can compensate for each other's weaknesses. Hear me today. If you're married today, you married an imperfect person. Amen. But here's what I want to tell you. Your spouse did too. Amen on that one. Both of, you, <laughs> both of you have abilities. They're just different. Let me do something with you real quick that I often do in marriage counseling. I call it the gas and the brakes, okay? So we're going to walk through this gas and brakes, okay? How many of you guys, when it comes to budgeting and spending in your home, how many of you guys are the gas? Raise your hand. Come on, somebody. Yes, thank you. Thank Ushers, please look around. Hit them up next time you pass them baskets. These are the party people. These are the people who just say, hey, let's go. I got $5, brother. Let's spend it. Let's go. How many of you guys, when it comes to budgeting, are the breaks in the family? Come on, holler at me. Hey. We, the ones, we are the ones that keep everybody else unbroke. Amen? That's why we're together. So the gas and the brakes. How many of you guys do that? How many of you guys drive when you go somewhere? How many of your spouses drive every time you go somewhere? How many of you guys don't care to drive at all? You sit there and you just sleep. Come on. Thank you. So as you can see in life, we're different. Opposites attract. They're not meant to attack. And this is true also in business. If you want your business to succeed, honor God with what other abilities you have, maximize on your strengths, and team up with people who are weak in areas you're not. So again, when it comes to looking at your abilities, what are they used for? Number one, honoring God to serve others. Here's number three, to make a living. Come on, somebody. Holla. Y'all are quiet in the house today. To make a living. Deuteronomy 8.18, remember the Lord your God. Why? It is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Listen, he intended for every single one of us to work. The Bible says in, I think it's 2 Thessalonians, if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. So we're intended to work. Now, please don't get me wrong here. There's some people disabled and injured and, and, and young. And they, you know, I'm still trying to find somebody to hire my seven-year-old. I can't find anybody. But there's reason why some people can't work. But here's the thing I want you to see. God has given us the ability to be productive. And let me just say this while I'm on this point right here. Don't discount the parents that work at home. 
Thank you. Don't discount parents that work at home. Here's the thing that I've noticed. They may not be bringing a paycheck, but if they're sitting at home and they're taking care of the kids and they're cleaning the house and they got the food on the table and the grass cut and the laundry done, listen, they are producing wealth way beyond the paycheck. And everybody said... Now, this does not give you a reason, ladies, to go home and tell your husband, did you hear what the pastor said? I'm quitting my job. That's not what I'm saying. You got to make a living. Here's another reason. Here's the fourth one. I need to be a role model. I need to be a role model. Paul said to his spiritual son, Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15, he says, give your complete attention to these matters. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into the test so that everyone will see your progress. What is he talking about when he says these matters? Whatever God has gifted you and called you to do, give it to those matters. God says, I want people to see your abilities. I want people to recognize that I gave you your abilities. I want them to see Christians as the hardest working, most dependable, most skilled people on the planet. I want them to see your progress. I want them to see your improvement. And I want them to see that everything you're doing is pointing to me and not to you. And that's true no matter what your abilities are or no matter who you're serving. So what does God want you to do with your abilities? Number one, honor him. Serve others. Produce wealth. And then here's another one. Oh, be a role model. Here's the fifth one. So that you can have something to give. You have something to give. You understand we're not just called to be consumers. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work. Doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. He's saying we all have a desire to have stuff. Some people take it, and that's wrong. Some people work for it. Nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, there's got to be more than life than stuff. Let me say that again. At the end of the day, there's got to be more than life, to life rather, than just stuff. There's got to be more to that. At some point in time, you've got to decide how much is enough. You know, Howard Hughes was asked one time, how much is enough? You know what his answer was? A little bit more. A little bit more. You know what that's called? That's called materialism. Materialism is when your yearnings exceed your earnings. That's materialism. And that's what God said, hey, you got to be careful with that. I didn't give you all these abilities. I didn't give you all of the resources to just consume it on yourself. He said, I gave it to you to be a blessing to other people as well. So honor God, serve others, make a living, be a role model, give. Here's the last one, to do the work of the church. To do the work of the church. I hear people say all the time, you know, I, hey, I, I believe God has called me into the ministry. Let me, let me kind of debunk something for you real quick. Every believer is called into the ministry. Let me say that again. Every believer is called into the ministry. Your calling may not be a pastor. Your calling may not be a missionary. Your calling may not be any of that. But every believer is called into the ministry. Everyone is born and called by God. Listen to this. First for salvation and then to service. Every believer is called by God first to salvation and then to service. I need to receive Christ into my heart. And then I need to go out and I need to serve people. Ephesians 4 verse 11 and 12. 
These are the gifts that Christ has given to the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to do what? What is their responsibility? Equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. What is Paul saying here? He's saying we're all called to serve God. There are some leaders in the church. They're called to equip others to serve. And really, guys, that's really what this whole series is about. It's, it's about getting you to say, hey, take a look at your life. See where you are. Are you doing what God's called you to do? Have you gotten caught up in the rat race called life? Have you got caught up into that stuff? Guys, I talk to people all the time. How are you doing? Busy. How's your life going? Busy. Everything's just busy. You're working all the time, trying to make all the money, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses. And then when you do catch up with them, you find out they refinance. Bummer. <laughs> but what are you doing? It's the rat race of life, man. And so this series is designed to equip you and say, hey, take a look at your life. Look at where you are. Do you feel like you're doing what God's called you to do? Have you found it? Have you found it? There's guys right now that are on their security team. There's guys working in the parking lot. They got that sticker and said, hey, man, I found it. I think about Chris Powell. He's sitting right here. He's got a sticker on. I found it. He's working in the parking lot. And you say, well, man, he's not on stage. Who cares? There are no gifts bigger than the other. God has gifted you and equipped you to be a part of something bigger than yourself. Let me ask you a question. I know we got some visitors here today. We got some baby dedications going on, and that's amazing. Why do you think God drove you here today? Well, you know, somebody invited me. I wanted to see, you know, my, my grandchild or my child or whether get dedicated. I, I get all that. But deep down inside, why do you really think God drew you here? Why do you think you've been coming to this place? Let me talk to your heart just for a moment. Because I can't believe that God brought all you people in here to just sit here and listen to me. Or sit here and listen to the awesome worship. To sit here and just get something. I can't believe that God just spent all this time to bring you here. And you got all dressed up and prettied up. And God brought you in here just for you to get something. I have a hard time believing that. Could it be that you have specific abilities that this place needs? Could it be that God drew you here this morning for a reason, for a season, and for a soul? You've got an ability that this church needs. You got it. And I want to challenge you to use it. And if it's, if, if it's using it here, praise God. If it's using it other places, praise God. Hey, man, come on over to the dark side over here. Our water tastes a little bit better. I'm just saying. But could it be that you're sitting in these seats right now because God said, Hey, don't you listen to what that man's saying? You've got a gift. You've got a talent. There's a specific ability you've got. Man, that place needs you. What am I here for? That's the question everybody's asking this day. What am I here for? Man, I'm here to honor God. I'm here to serve people. I'm here to be a role model, to be a giver. I'm here to serve in this church and serve in the ministry. 
And you may say, well, Pastor, I, man, I don't know. You know, we're, we're military. We have a lot of military families here, which incidentally, how many of you know tomorrow's Veterans Day? How many of you know tomorrow's Veterans Day? Let me just take a break right now. Let me take a break right now. If you are serving in the military, if you have served in the military, if you have a family member in the military, would you just stand all over the house right now and let's recognize you? Come on, guys. Come on, give these heroes a hand all over the house. Come on, you can do better than that, man. These are the heroes. These are the heroes in the house. These guys are the ones that make possible for us to do what we're doing right now. Can I talk to your heart for a moment? How dare we take that for granted? How dare I stand up here on this stage and take for granted that there are men and women right now who have given their time, given their resources, and given their lives for freedom so that I could do what I'm doing how would I not be willing to serve and say, man, they paid the sacrifice. Some have paid the ultimate sacrifice. How dare I just sit around and not find it? Ouch. We're called by God for a purpose. We have natural abilities. We have personalities. Man, if you come next week, I guarantee you, you're going to be laughing like you've never laughed before. We're going to talk about the different personalities that everybody has. Some of you guys are just as tripolar as the day is long. It's going to be a great sermon for you to come and sit in on. We're going to talk about thinkers. We're going to talk about fillers. We're going to be talking about talkers. How many of you just love to talk? Just talk the ears off a billy goat in Jesus' name. Just talkers and fillers and thinkers. And then we got the doers in the house. Come on, get her done. Amen. We got some doers in the house. So we're going to talk about all of them next week. So you want to make sure you're here and be a part of it. And I just want you to stand with me all over the service today.